0: Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we are kicking off a brand new series entitled Character Sketch Great Characters with Great Character. We will be taking a look at, well, you guessed it, characteristics of some of the great characters in the Bible. Leading us off in this series is our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott, and he will be teaching this week on the endurance of Noah. Here he is with this week's message. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, church. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you that we can be in your house here this morning, Lord, singing your praises. Lord, we, we do sing out of an attitude that comes from our hearts because of what you've done for us. We are so grateful, Lord. We thank you that you you came to us, that you died here on earth for us, so that you could restore that relationship that is needed for us. Lord, so that we can keep our eyes fixed on you, so that we can walk with you in this life. You, You never said this life would be easy, but you did say you'd be with us. So, Lord, thank you for being with us. Lord, thank you for speaking to us in your word as we look at so many great heroes of our faith. Lord, I pray that you impress upon us the message you want us to hear. That you speak through me, that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart, and you impress upon us that message. And we aren't just hearers of it, but we'll be doers of it as well. And I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Well, it is great to uh, be here. We're starting a new series uh, called uh, Character Sketch. Somebody asked if I painted that picture. No, but thank you. Uh, that is, uh, that's Noah. We are going to go through the next uh, number of weeks looking at uh, various characters. Great character with great character. Now, the reason that we're going to do this is, uh, you know, we just got through this family series. But the, one of the reasons that we're going to do this is because in the fall, one of the things that was really hitting me when we were playing this series out was, character is everything, isn't it? Character is everything. In fact, when, in the fall especially, it felt like every time in the news there was something coming up. Somebody had a moral failure or somebody did something indecent or had a relationship with somebody they shouldn't. And they wiped out their character. Just totally wiped them out. And so I thought, you know, we all strive for certain characteristics in life. Why not look at the positive characteristics as opposed to the negative characteristics? Now, one of the things you're going to realize in this, these paintings are appreciated, and they were painted by a professional painter right here in our church who, who, who asked if he could paint those for us. We said, that's fantastic. One of the things, if you've ever done a character sketch, if you ever done a caricature where you go and you sit down and the people paint your picture, I don't know if you've ever done that. It's a pretty humbling experience, though, right? Because <laughs> they kind of Bring out the features of, of what the person needs to look like. I know, um, a few, uh, years back, my wife and I were at a, uh, were at a theme park and they, they were doing these free character, uh, these character, caricatures where you sit down and the guy like draws your picture, right? And, uh, he asked if we wanted this, um, done. I thought, oh, that's great. So before I went down, before I sat down, I said, well, how do you do this? He goes, what I do is I pull out the features that I see when I look at these people, and I thought, well, was fantastic. So I, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is going to be great. So he said, you know, make a funny picture, Deb and I. So Deb and I were there. And while he's drawing, I'm, I, I literally, I'm envisioning, like, this is going to be awesome, right? I'm going to look, like, really good at the end of this. It's going to look maybe something like this. This is what I, I kind of envisioned, right? <laughs> I, I did have a shirt on there, though. So I envision, I was like, okay, this is going to be great, right? And then he goes, okay, I'm done. And he gives me this, that picture, right? I showed my wife, she, or I showed my daughter. She said, you look like a white Shrek. <laughs> Gosh, I think I look like the, the, the guy from Goonies, Chunk from the Goonies, Have you ever seen that movie, right? I said, I, I said I, he gave me that. I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah, that's what I see. I said, you sit down in the chair. I'm going to draw young and tell you what I see, Right? <laughs> You can take that. That's scaring kids. You can take that down. You're scaring kids. <laughs> Best part about that is, I walked away, as I looked at my wife, I said, well, I guess you didn't marry me for my looks. And she goes, yeah, I know. I said, huh. <laughs> so the sermon today is when your self-esteem is at the lowest. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. What do you look like? right? Character sketch. What do people see when they see you? I thought it was interesting this weekend to think about Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham, who lived his whole life preaching. And one of the things that they kept talking about Billy Graham is how talented of a preacher he was. You never heard him preach. He was preaching, he always had his arms going, and you know, it was great. He had all these people. They always say he was a talented preacher. But one of the things that I realized this week is, yes, he was talented, but he had the character. You would see, talent is one thing, character is another thing. That's right, Rick Warren said, people are impressed with talent. God is impressed with character. The question is, is, what is your character like? We can have all kinds of talents and skills and abilities. What is your character like? When people see you, what will they see? What will stand out to them? When we get to the end of our life, what will they say about you? When I look at Billy Graham, I, I think characteristic. I think dedicated. That's what I think. Somebody who was completely dedicated, he lived his whole life, all the way to the end, preaching till he couldn't even speak a word, still preaching. Lived a life of righteousness, that's character. Not talent, but character. So as we look over the next few weeks, one of the things that I know that we all strive for is we all look for various characteristics that we're striving for. And so that's where we come to this list. We're going to talk about all kinds of different people over the next few weeks. People that you've heard of, some that you may be familiar with, some that you heard the names, maybe not. But we're going to look at endurance of Noah, the courage of Joshua, the trust of Rahab, the obedience of Gideon, the wisdom of Deborah. How many of us want to have wisdom? The discernment of Samuel. How many of us are making decisions that we go, boy, I wish I had some discernment like Samuel did. Be able to make some of those hard decisions. How can we know when God's talking or the world's talking, discernment of Samuel? How can we have loyalty like Ruth? Loyalty is a tough one in this day and age, isn't it? How can we have a faithfulness like Elijah? The boldness of Esther. A lot of us live in a culture where boldness it's tough to be bold. How can we have a boldness like Esther? Perseverance like Job, who suffered all kinds of stuff? And dedication of Hannah. And then we talk about the sacrifice of Christ, which we're gonna do on Easter. Now you look at this list that we're gonna look over in the next few weeks understand that it's not haphazard we're going to try to kind of go chronologically if you're following along with us in your Bibles because we felt like it was important that to, to we do that throughout the Old Testament the only one that's a little bit uh, different uh, we go out of order is dedication of Hannah because we're going to do that one on Mother's Day because what better way to talk about how we deal with our children and dedicate them back to the Lord than the, than the dedication uh, that Hannah showed but we look at that list when you look at that list, when you look at those people understand they were not perfect people They were not perfect people. When we look at the sketches, when we look at those characteristics that come out of them, they're not perfect. But God used them mightily. They all had different gifts. As John John Maxwell said, their their gifts, uh, talent is a gift, but character is a choice. They all made a choice to be faithful to the Lord. Now understand this too. When we look at these folks, we're going to realize the same pattern through the whole thing is that they all walked with God. They all had faith in God. They all had a certain obedience in God that develop those characteristics that they're known for today. And so when you see folks, as we're going to show you painting after painting, characteristic after characteristic, great characters with great character, I want you to not only think of no, I want you to think of endurance. I want you to think of loyalty and faithfulness and boldness and discernment and wisdom and perseverance. I want you to think about that. How can their life teach me something about my own life? You know, there's a great list in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a great um, passage of Scripture because it talks about the, the heroes of our faith. Hebrews 11, 1 says this. Now, faith is what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then what happens if you have your Bibles in Hebrews 11? The rest of Hebrews 11, it talks about all the different uh, people in the Bible that had faith. Faith of Abel and faith of Enoch and Noah and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Joshua and Rahab and the, the prophets and Samuel. It talks about the faith that they had. Now, we could have been in this series for 10 years because there's so many characters in the Bible, right? But we highlighted these folks because we could tell that they all walk with God. And because of that, they endured things and that, that characteristic was developed in them. I want you to understand this too. A lot of people will say, no, I wish I had wisdom. I wish I had a boldness. I wish I had dedication like Billy Graham. I wish I had more endurance because I feel like just giving up. Understand this too, that these things were developed over time. People get mad, and people will get mad probably when we come to things like wisdom or discernment, when we say, hey, listen, you're going to get some wisdom. This is how Deborah dealt with it. This is how discernment, this is how Samuel dealt with it, his perseverance. And then we get frustrated because we haven't talked with God at all. We'll pray to him that night, and then we'll wake up the next morning and go, you know what? I knew it. God didn't give me any wisdom here at all. It takes time. But it takes time because they, these guys, all these men and women walked with God all the way through. And so, we come to this list, and we come, as you come each week, I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles, because we're going to be pulling out things from the Scriptures. Understand, too, that as we go a bit chronologically, a lot of these people are talked about for chapters and chapters and chapters and books about these people, and we're going to pull out just one little snippet, but I want you to start reading about them, understanding who they are, and applying it to our own life, so that we can have that perseverance. Wouldn't we all like to have all those characteristics, huh? Amen. Amen. So we start with Noah. Hebrews eleven. After that passage in Hebrews, it goes on in Hebrews eleven and says this: By faith Noah, when warned about things not seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness. That's keeping with the faith. You know, it was interesting when I was thinking about this. I thought, man, most of these people will know who they are. I would assume most of the people in the church would know who these people are, especially Noah. Right? I thought, man, I got to come in. I'm going to have to come in and kind of retell the whole story of Noah. I. I'm pretty convinced that most people know the story of Noah. In fact, it's, even if you never stepped into a church, you've heard of Noah. You've heard of Noah's Ark. If you've ever been to the theme park around here, you know that there's a ride called Noah's Ark, which my kids took me on, and I got all dizzy and got scared. Uh, but there's a ride, people know what Noah's Ark is, the, the, the flood, the ark, and the animals. The question isn't whether or not you heard it. The question is whether or not you believe it. And you look at the life of Noah and how you can apply it to your own life. So Noah is Genesis 5 through 9. It's very quick in the past in the scriptures in the sense that you talk about Adam and Eve in the beginning, and then all of a sudden you have this list of people, and then you come right to Noah. So he's very early in the scriptures. And what happened is, is, you remember in Genesis 6-5, God looks at the world and says, all these people are doing all kinds of bad things. They're all wicked. And he decides to wipe out the humankind. Wipe out everybody but no one is his family with a flood. This is not a figurative flood. Like, it's, an exam- it's a literal flood. Peter talks about this later in his book. He talks about well, God destroying the earth with fire. And he that with, with the water destroying the earth as well. So for those of you who think, well, this was just a figurative thing. It's not. It's a literal flood. But the key verses here is this. is Genesis 6, 8, and 9. It says, Noah found favor. Favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was righteous, blameless among his people. He walked faithfully with God. I love the fact that, you know, when you think about Noah and the whole world is being evil and doing all kinds of stuff, and God's going to kind of reset everything, wipe everybody out, bring peace back to the land, that Noah's name actually means rest. Rest. Well, You you may say, well, Jared, how did you get to picking endurance for Noah? Because you could have picked anything. We could have picked all kinds of stuff. The reason I picked endurance for Noah is because Noah had to deal with something for a very long time. A very long time. How did, why did he have endurance? The question has come up over, over the years, how long did it take him to build the ark? Well, we know through scriptures, God gives us hints. Genesis six eighteen. Noah had sons already. He had wives. He didn't have his first son until he was 500 years old. Man. Come on, Dad. He's got, you know. Man, 500 years old. Can you imagine? The flood came 100 years later. So by all intents of accounts, people thought, well, it was at least 70 years to build, the flood, to build the ark. I'm not going to go into this passage either, but Genesis 6-3, I encourage you to look at that. Genesis 6-3 talks about, God says, 120 years he's going to give mankind. Now, people have thought, well, that means that man's only going to live to 120. Well, people live way over 120 past Noah. So many theologians would say 120 years is how long it actually took Noah to build that ark, that God told Noah, and then 120 years later the ark was built. So either way, whether it was 70, whether it was 120, it took a long time. In fact, I was kind of curious how long it would take to build an ark now, because the, God, the, the scripture is very detailed on what the ark needs to be. So there's a, there's a place in Cincinnati, many of you know this place, heard of it. It's the Ark Encounter. And they had re- rebuilt the ark, the same dimensions that are in Scripture. And so I, I looked it up this week. I, I said, well, how long did it take those guys to build the ark? They built it in the, <laughs> sort of the same way, with the same tools. But there were a 1,000 people working on that boat. And it took them six years. Can you imagine how long it would take one guy and his sons? His poor sons. Okay, guys, time to get up. Okay, Dad, 500 years old. It's time to go build the ark. Can you imagine how long it would have taken? So the reason I bring up an endurance is that God gave him a mission and then he had to deal with that for so many years. Some of you are dealing with stuff for so many years. Some of you have been dealing with stuff, sicknesses or marriages or finances or jobs for so long. And you go, I just need some, I just need some relief. That's why we look at Noah. We look at Noah because we go, man, that guy, that guy had to deal with something for a long time. Can you imagine all the ridicule? People coming up to him going, a crazy Noah building the ark. That many years. That's endurance. Not only that, but then how long he's on the boat for. It says in Genesis 7, Doug just read for us, water flooded the earth for 150 days. 150 days. And then it just started receding. That's not when he got off, just when it started receding. It said in Genesis 8, 14, it was the 27th day, the second month, the earth was finally dry. That means that Noah was on that boat for 360-some days. You see, God never told Noah how long he's going to be on that boat. God never told Noah how long the, the rain was going to come. He never gave him all the details. He just said, hey, listen, Noah, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a mission for you. It's going to be a challenge for you, but I'm going to, I'm going to, keep, I'm going to hold your hand all the way through this because I've got a purpose. I've got a plan for you. I've got the end of mine. You don't see it, but I do. That's the endurance of Noah. So there's Noah. So he he gets this message that, hey, flood's going to come. At this time, there was no rain. There wasn't flooding. And so people must have thought you're crazy. And then on top of that, he says, build this big box. You're going to build it for like 70, maybe 100 years. Build this box. And then at some point, uh, get all two two of every animal. Noah's got to be like, okay, it's hard enough to build a box, right, for that long? Now you want me to get all the animals? God never said how He's going to bring the animals either. But he showed up. Noah then demonstrated his obedience by just following after God. But the only way he was able to do this is, going back to that one verse we just read, is he walked with God. He walked with God. He, He knew God had a plan. He heard God speaking to him. He walked with God. You cannot have endurance in this life if you don't first walk with God. If you don't first hear what he's trying to tell you, if you don't spend time in his word, that's why we're always talking about Bible studies in small groups here at the church. That's why we have this Lenten series that Doug just talked about here. Because why? We want to spend time with God in his word. We want to walk with God every step of the way. So when we're going through hardships, when we're going through this life, we know how to live it. That's what Noah did. And then it showed up in his, his preaching too. It said Noah was a preacher of righteousness. I can imagine he had a pretty good message, Right? Because after a while, people go, "Well, he's not giving up on that ark; he's still working on it." Why is he working on it? Well, God told him to work on it. Boy, what a, what a great influence that was! Billy Graham had the same thing. You know, he, he was known for his dedication, and his funeral is going to be coming up here. People are going to remember Billy Graham not only for his preaching, but because of his dedication. And people are going to come to know who Christ is simply because of his example that he set. When people look at you, what do they see? Parents, when your kids look at you, what do they see? Somebody of obedience, someone that's walking with God, someone that goes through the hardships, even though they're going through the hardships, how do you deal with those? What do your kids see when they look at you? When they look at your picture? At the end of your life, when they have your picture up, what are they going to see? Not your features, not your face, not, I'm certainly not going to put the picture that they drew of me up at my funeral, but what are they going to see? What will they see? With Noah... We see a man who is righteousness and it was credited to him. So how does this relate to you? You know, it's great to go back to that Hebrews passage because in Hebrews it talks about the 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 people that set the tone for us, the ancestors who are known for our, our faith, those those people who the ancients who were commended for, and we realize very quickly that endurance has an inspiration to it. Look at verse 12, if you have your Bibles. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, these are people we look to. These are people we admire to be like. You think about it. When you're trying to do something in life, right? When you're trying to have certain characteristics or certain features, who do you look to? The people that already have it, right? So if you're trying to lose weight, you're not looking to the the person who's grossly overweight, right? The athletes aren't going, Man, that guy never made the team. I want to be just like him, right? Right? The people in the Olympics, they always talk about the people that they watched. I always think about this week. I was, I, a few years ago, we went ice skating with my family. I, this is like the first time I've ever been ice skating. I was the only adult with one of those walker things when you're ice skating, right? Don't laugh. It's serious. But I was thinking about that because I was thinking that there's people like in the middle like ice skating and girls like doing twirls and jumps and all kinds of stuff. And I, I wonder if they ever looked at me and go, man, that guy looks like Noah 500 years later on the ice. I want to be just like that. No, nobody's doing that. We look to people who have the characteristics that we have. And so when it comes to endurance, we look at Noah. When it comes to how I do counseling, I look at Don Wilson. Don Wilson, who Wilson Hall is named after, was one of the pastors here. And I remember Don being in premarital counseling with him. And Don was so wonderful because he was so bold in his counseling. It wasn't about a book. It wasn't about going through a teaching with Deb and I. He was so bold. He'd come in and go, Jared, are you dedicated to your wife? Yeah. Are you going to be dedicated to her? Yep, I will be. No, no, no. Are you really dedicated to her? Will you? Will you? Will you love her unconditionally? Yes, Don, I will. I remember that because I thought, man, I want that boldness myself when I go into counseling. Someone who doesn't just beat around the bush. We all look to people. We all look to people for inspiration. Understand too, when you see this verse, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, a lot of people will say, "Hey, all those ancients, all those church fathers, all the people before us are looking down on us, so we better behave." No. It can't be like that because heaven wouldn't be heaven if the people in heaven were looking down on us, seeing how we're making a mess of this life. It's us looking back at them as witnesses to what they've done. Witnesses to say, hey, listen, they use, God used them for an extraordinary purpose. They're an inspiration to us. It's us looking back at them since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, us witnessing them, who they are. Notice, too, that all these people that we come to the next few weeks, they all did something. Some of us have this idea that we're just going to live life quietly behind the scenes and let life pass us by. Not these people. These people took action. They were bold. They preached God. They dealt with things. They took things head on. They were an inspiration to us because they walked with God and they took action. Faith without works is dead, it says in James. The question to you this morning is, are you inspiring anybody around you? When people look at you, what will they see? Not only does endurance have an inspiration too, but endurance has a training to it. If you look at the rest of part of verse 12, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. If you want to accomplish something, you've got to work hard at it. It was interesting seeing all the Olympics that are going on and them talking about all the sacrifice that these people had to do. I remember they were talking about one story of, of an athlete who was like a gold medalist at the last Olympics and they had gained a few pounds and so they didn't even make it to the platform. Because they weren't going through that training. There was no training ahead of time for them to get the characteristics that they wanted to have. What's your point? The point is, is that we all need to train for these things. We all need to spend time with God during these things so that we can hear Him, so that we can have that endurance in life. And we've got to get rid of all the sin that, that hinders us. We got to, it says, Noah walked with God. We have to get rid of any sin that we have in our own life. That could be attitudes. It could be actions. It could be things in our own life. Why? Because when we have those things, it doesn't, it doesn't allow us to hear what God's saying to us. That's why we take time every Sunday to have a time of confession. So we confess he's faithful and just and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So that we can walk with him. So my question for you there is, are there things in your life keeping you from following Jesus? Are there things, attitudes that you have that you need to confess? Say, Lord Jesus, I've tried to do this on my own. I want to have endurance. I feel like giving up. I want to have some wisdom. I'm not getting it. I I need some perseverance. I'm not there. I uh, I need some boldness. Are there things in your own life that you need to confess? You see, Noah walked with God, and because he walked with God, here's the key. He understood that endurance had a reason to it. This is one of my life verses, Hebrews 12, and really comes from the latter part of Hebrews 12. I love this part. It says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, I wonder if Noah, at any point, people coming up to him after those hundred, whatever, however many decades of building that boat and going, you're crazy, Noah. You're crazy for building this thing that God, this this mission that you have. And Noah looking back and go, hey, listen, I'm crazy, but it's my mission, not your mission. God's given this to me, not you. God has me exactly where he wants me to be. I'm doing exactly what he's called me to do, however long he wants me to do it, because this is my race. For some of you, we often look around and we get jealous of other people because we go, well, they're not dealing with this stuff. How would, they're not dealing with the health issues I have. They don't have the marriages uh, issues that I have. They don't have the job situation that I have. I just wish I was like this or doing like this. Understand God has you exactly where he wants you to be. Some of you are, have been dealing with sickness for all your life, for, for the last number of years, and you're getting so frustrated. Understand that your race is marked out for you. God has you exactly where he wants you to be, and we can run with perseverance because he's going to be with us every step of the way, just like Noah. Just like Noah. There's two things that you do when you're running a race, two things you don't do. The two things you don't do is you don't look down at your own feet because you recognize how much you're running, and then you get tired in other words, you don't go through life looking at your own self trying to get through it. That's the first thing. The second thing is you don't look at everybody else either. Because then you go, why are they slowing down? Why are they going faster? Why are they doing at a different pace than I am? You don't look at any one of those things. You look straight ahead. Because once you start comparing yourself to everybody else, you get frustrated. The race marked out for us. This is my mission. It's, this is my challenge. This is what God's given me. If I were to stand up here and go, man, I'm so frustrated because Billy Graham has preached to millions and millions of people. And I, I don't have the opportunity to do that. No way. I go, praise God for Billy Graham that he ran the race marked out for him. Some of us are dealing with sicknesses or marriages or we're trying to witness to somebody in our own life that doesn't know Jesus and we get frustrated we go, hey, listen, that's your mission. You keep going. You don't get frustrated. Because this is your race. This is race marked out for us. If that, that verse would be tragic if it just said, let us run with perseverance the race. Why? Because we'd all be competing with one another of how good we could be. That's well, our own race. The challenges that you have in front of you are your own race. They're marked out for you. That's why James 1, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many times because they, that faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must work its course, run its race so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. I bet at the end of Noah's life, 500 years later, he was a pretty mature person on it. question for you is no matter what situation you're in, do you understand that you are exactly where God wants you to be and he just wants you to look to him? Because endurance has to have a focus too. Endurance has to have a focus. Look at the last part of verse 12. It says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, set down the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition. From sinners so you will not grow weary and lose heart. Oh man, don't we need that? I bet Noah needed that. I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to grow weary. Endurance has a focus. When you go through life, are you walking with God? Are you spending time with Him? It's so wonderful that we can look to Noah and realize somebody who's gone through a lot of stuff in life, he's given a mission to use his gifts, use his talents for God, no matter how hard it was, no matter what he had to endure, no matter what ridicule that he endured. Because he kept his eyes focused on God. Why? Because he walked with God. Are you walking with God here today? It's great to be able to do that because when we do, we have a peace in our own life, don't we? Peace no matter what's going on around us that this is our race and God, you're going to use me. Use me however you want to use me. Teach me during this season. And then we can say with full confidence and assurance that it is well with my soul. A great song that we're going to sing here in just a moment. It is well with my soul. Through it all, through it all, it is well. And Brad and the band are going to come lead us with that song. I hope we can sing it with full confidence and assurance that, hey, this is the race marked out for us. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on, on him. You know, I leave you with this because I wonder if at any point in life, especially on the boat, if Noah looked out and all he saw was water and got frustrated. He looked everywhere and goes, is this water ever going to go down? And I wonder if he ever got frustrated. So what does he do after so long? It starts. The rain stops. He sends out a raven. If you remember the story, he sends out a raven, and the raven never comes back. I wonder if that really deflated him even more. Some of you have been looking for jobs for so long, and you've been trying, and you, it comes back negative, or you just you're not finding anything, and you're still in the same rut. Deflated. But Noah wasn't deflated. He tried again, he said, okay, I'm going to send out a dove. This time, he sends out a dove, and the dove comes back without anything. Okay, well, at least it came back. It wasn't really good, but it came back. Some of you have been dealing with health concerns, and you go, and you you get a scan, and the scan comes back negative, that you're still dealing with the same issue that you've been dealing with for so long. You're still dealing with the same marriage, same job, same situation in life, and you're getting deflated. I bet Noah was not deflated. So then he sends out another dove and when he sends out that dove, it comes back with an olive branch in his mouth. Notice that the, one of the universal symbols for peace is still a dove with an olive, olive branch in it. Why? Because we have peace knowing that God's in control. That he had a plan, that he told Noah exactly what he wanted him to do. He had a race marked out for him and he took care of him all the way to the end. And so I wonder if at that point, Noah said, yep, that's it. God had me exactly where he needed me to be. Some of you are looking for that. and You just need some hope. It was once said that hope is like an olive leaf. The evidence of dry land after a flood. Proof to the dreamer that dreaming is still worth the risk. Do you have hope this morning? Hope that no matter how long it takes, whether it's 50 years, 70 years, that God's got a plan and purpose for you. That he has you exactly where he wants you to be. So that we can say with full confidence and assurance that it is well. It is well, God. I want to walk with you. My eyes focused solely on You. I hope you do this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thanks for today. Thank you that we can come to this place right now and, and be inspired by the people of our past. Billy Graham. Noah. The endurance. Lord, I pray that we can keep our eyes fixed on you That we remember that this is our race That you've given to us And Lord, for those that have never given their life over to you That have absolutely no peace in life Lord, I pray that right now They see see themselves sitting in this room They thought they were coming in to hear about Noah But they realize it's all about you That you want to have a relationship with them, Lord Help them to confess that And if that's you, you simply pray Lord Jesus, I pray I confess my sin to you I want to get rid of anything that entangles me Wipe me clean, Lord I want you to come into my life so that I can walk, follow you all of my days and keep my eyes focused on you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for giving that peace. Thank you for giving us that hope. It is well, Lord. And for that, we are thankful. Amen.